0: Today is Thursday, February 6th, 2020. On this day in 1880, five members of the Irish Canadian family known as the Black Donnellys were laid to rest. And the priest presiding over the funeral may have been involved in their murders. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the funeral of one of Canada's most notorious families, the Black Donnellys. Let's go back to the Biddulph Township in Ontario on February 6, 1880, precisely at noon. Sitting in the front row of St. Patrick's Church, Jenny Donnelly sobbed uncontrollably. Her brothers, Patrick, Robert, and William, stoically stared forward, their eyes glued to the altar. The parish priest, Father John Connolly, solemnly stood before them as the pallbearers carried two coffins down the aisle. One of the coffins contained the body of the Donnelly's brother, John. The other was full of bits of bone and ashes that used to be their father, James, their mother, Joanna, their brother, Thomas, and their cousin, Bridget. The Donnellys were one of the most well-known families in Bidulph Township. In the wake of such a tragic event, the church was packed to the gills. But it's hard to say how many were there to mourn and how many were there to celebrate. James and Joanna Donnelly immigrated to Ontario from Ireland sometime between 1842 and 1846. Like many of their compatriots, life had been hard for the Donnellys. Though never ones to back down from a fight, they were known as Blackfeet, Irish Catholics who refused to fight against Protestants. The stigma of being Blackfeet, along with a devastating famine, was enough to drive James and Joanna to Canada. They hoped that life in their new country would provide them with better opportunities. By 1847, they had settled in Ontario's Bidulph Township with their two young sons, James Jr. and William. Over the next decade, the Donnelly clan continued to grow, as Joanna gave birth to five more sons and one daughter. Farming was hard, unglamorous work, but it paid off. By the mid 1850s, the Donnelly farm was truly prospering, but things took a turn for the worse. In 1857, Patriarch James Donnelly killed his neighbor, Patrick Farrell. The two men had become bitter enemies after a land dispute. During a community barn raising, things got heated, and James fatally struck Farrell with a hand spike. He spent the next seven years in the Kingston Penitentiary. While James was behind bars, Joanna Donnelly taught her sons how to fend for themselves, That education included fighting, drinking, and stealing. They burned down barns, killed neighbors' cattle, and constantly found themselves on the wrong side of the law. When their father was released from prison in 1865, the boy's behavior didn't change. If anything, James encouraged it. Within hours of his release, James and his sons burned down the barn belonging to one of the men who had testified against him. As the years passed, the Donnellys settled down a bit. In the early 1870s, many of the boys started families and settled into more respectable careers but they continued to feud with neighbors, drawing more and more of them into their chaos. Finally, in June of 1879, Father John Connolly of St. Patrick's Church decided the violence had to stop. To that end, he established the Biddulph Peace Society, Every family that joined the group agreed to have their house searched for stolen items and illegal contraband. The black Donnellys refused the invitation. The society didn't take kindly to the snub. Two months later, a splinter group of peace society members called the Vigilance Committee was formed. Most of them blamed the Donnelly family for the area's problems. And on February 4th, 1880, the Vigilance Committee decided to eradicate the problem once and for all. Shortly after midnight, a mob descended on the Donnelly homestead. James Senior, Joanna, Thomas, and Bridget Donnelly were all brutally murdered. For good measure, the Vigilance Committee burned down their house as well. And the violence wasn't done yet, Around 2.30 a.m., the mob stormed William Donnelly's home. When William's brother, John, went outside to confront them, the armed men killed him. Thinking they had killed William, they ended the massacre. Two days later, many of the men who had murdered the Donnellys attended their funeral. But so far, little, if any, action had been taken against them. The town constable himself was believed to have been a perpetrator. Some even suspected that Father Connolly had taken part in the violence, or at the very least, encouraged it. But there was one thing they hadn't accounted for, a witness to the massacre, and he wanted to make sure the murderers were held accountable. Coming up, law enforcement descends upon the Bidulph Township. Now, back to the story. For decades, the so-called Black Donnellys had feuded with their neighbors in Ontario's Biddulph Township. And on February 4th, 1880, a local group called the Vigilance Committee burnt down the Donnelly Farm, killing five members of the family in the process. Two days later, the murdered Donnellys were laid to rest in St. Patrick's Church. Many members of the vigilance committee, including the local constable, attended the service. But so far, no action had been taken against them. However, someone had survived the fiery attack, A 13-year-old farmhand named Johnny O'Connor was staying at the Donnelly's farm on the night of the massacre. He had promised to take care of their animals when they went into the town the next day. He had seen the constable, James Carroll, during the attack, along with several other members of the vigilance committee. But even with an eyewitness, none of the townspeople were brave enough to accuse the town constable of multiple homicides. However, that didn't mean the law wasn't coming for him. The violent murder of five people attracted the attention of Canada's national law enforcement. Most likely coming from the larger city of London, Ontario, detectives arrived on the scene shortly after the funeral. After the police interviewed Johnny O'Connor, they arrested Constable Carroll and other members of the vigilance committee. After a brief inquest, it was determined that Carroll and five other men would stand trial for the murders. The main trial was slated for October of 1880. Constable Carroll would be tried separately, presumably because he was considered to be the ringleader. As the sole eyewitness, young Johnny O'Connor was a key cog in the prosecution's case, and he proved up to the task. Johnny described the night of the massacre in excruciating detail. From his hiding place under a bed, Johnny had seen almost every single murder take place. Unfortunately, the prosecution hadn't come up with any concrete evidence to support Johnny's account. Ultimately, because the trial was held so close to Bidulph Township, the jurors' decision came down to which side of the Donnelly feud they were on. In both cases, the jury was unable to come to a unanimous verdict. With the proceedings at a standstill, a new round of trials was set for January 24, 1881. The separate case for Constable Carroll was tried first. There was little, if any difference from the first time around in terms of evidence. However, this time around, the jury was able to come to a verdict, not guilty. The prosecutor knew that if he couldn't get Carroll convicted, there was no way the other members of the mob would be found guilty. Rather than waste any more time, he decided to let the others out on bail. The second trial never took place. The township had clearly made up their minds. They didn't want justice for the Black Donnellys. As the years passed, the Black Donnelly story became something of a local legend. One particularly imaginative tale claims that Joanna Donnelly's ghost roams the Biddulph township's back roads on horseback. Today, the Black Donnelly Homestead is a popular tourist destination, offering tours of the preserved farmhouse and property. Visitors might not see a shrieking ghost galloping on a ghoulish horse, but they will certainly feel the echoes of one of Canada's most famous crimes. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our episodes of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories on the Black Donnelly murders. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Isabella Way, and Joel Stein. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benadon, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.